0: Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What is up guys? Welcome back to the 1% Club. We're here, another beautiful week of fist fights. I got to tell you, Podge, last week was pretty cool. I sat in a hotel room in Vegas, and we watched fights on Friday, and then obviously, the deal with Jason Witt happened, so we went home on Saturday, watched fights on Saturday. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we can talk about that. Yeah. Long story short, Josh Quinlan, Jason Witt's opponent, uh, at, at one point, I think it was about a year ago, tested positive for PEDs, right? So... And you know, I'm not here to, I'm not here to call anybody a cheater or anything like that. I know, I know there's a ton of like tainted supplement stuff going around. So I don't, whether he did it or not, that's not what I'm debating. But regardless, when you get certain things uh, in your system, it, it starts to come back out whenever you cut weight. So Quinlan passed 14 straight tests and then on fight week, he took another one and failed it with like trace amounts. And when we say trace amounts, we're talking about like point zero 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 one, whatever. And they say like it's like the equivalent of like a grain of salt in the pool thing. I know we've we've used that before, but it was it was irrelevant. It would have made no difference. There's no way that the amount had had he had in him meant that he was taking it, taking anything. So. Uh, Nevada is just super strict on that stuff. They have zero zero tolerance policy, so they called the fight. And it looks like it's getting moved to San Diego this week with my boy David Onama on there. So we should have two guys on now. Not confirmed. No, that's what we're hoping for. Catch weight. You know, no weight cut. Just get it done. Let's fight. Perfect. And the process of that would be USADA first contact the commission, is it or the UFC, and then so the commission tested him, not USADA. USADA was a hundred percent good with it. USADA, USADA has allowed trace amounts now. So, like, they have a certain uh, a limit that you can play in now. And as long as it's like, a, basically, they're saying, Novitski comes in and says, because they were having so many tainted supplements, and the supplements could have been taken 10 years ago. That's how long these stay in. And I, I went through this whole debacle with, with uh, Dawson. I went through this whole deal with him. And, you know, that kid never, like, I'd never seen him take a supplement ever in his life, let alone a you know anabolic steroid. Anyway. Uh, So I, once again, with the Quinlan deal, I'm not here to discuss whether he was taking stuff or not. Regardless, something was in his system at some point and it came back in. Nevada said, no shot, not doing it. No shot, not doing it. So now we're hoping to move to California, which are a little bit more lenient. You saw it, it was all good with it. So anyway, hopefully uh, we get that on. We got two guys on hopefully next week. So you see in the back, we got the, the Moreno belt, the flyweight title looking fine as hell back there. Uh, awesome story about this, and I just I wanted to say this because I kind of posted this on my story. So if you follow me on Instagram at the James Krause, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see this. But I'm telling you, Podge, this is the type of person that Brandon Moreno is. Not 12 hours removed from his world title fight, and I'm here to tell you guys, you were there. We were out. We were out all night. I didn't. I didn't sleep that night. Like, legitimately, didn't sleep. We went out. To a, a private party and we just had fun. It was you were there. It was a blast, right? It was a blast. I did not sleep that night. I went straight to the airport. I had a shuttle to catch at 5 a.m. I just stayed up, packed my bags, and left. Not, I'm telling you, not 12 hours removed from his UFC world title fight. Brandon sends me a tracking info of a thousand dollar replica belt for us to hang up in the gym. Unprovoked. That's just the type of guy Brandon Moreno is. And I, I get this. I get this a lot. You, like I feel like you know this as well as anybody's like sometimes the personalities in MMA, they're not who you think they are. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Right? Like Jimmy is another great example. Like Jimmy gets a terrible rap just because he's a he's a cocky little shit on, on TV. But dude, Jimmy's one, one of the most, most guys ever he's cool. He's super cool, man. Like one of the most nice coachable guys I've ever met. And I was even hesitant to 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 coach him at first. You know, Tyler had to talk with Ah. no, he's not who you think he is. Cool. Brandon Moreno is exactly who you think he would be. He's, and he is one of the very few people that I think is like, he has no, there's no exaggeration of him. Who you think that guy is, is exactly who he is. He is one of the most down to earth, coolest cats. I mean, cooler than the other side of the pillow, man. He's super cool. Which brings me to another story that I forgot to tell. I forgot to tell, uh, on last week's episode and it's, it's worth mentioning. So we're sitting there, they, you know, they, they, they come back in the back. Uh, you know, we rolling. They don't do that anymore. Bert, we miss you, Bert. Uh, Bellator now. Is he Bellator? No. Oh, okay. Shit. Anyway, so we're in the tunnel, and they're basically, you know, they do this thing where they're like, you know, 60 seconds, blah, blah, blah. And Brandon, if you don't know Brandon, he's just like we were talking about, super cool, genuine dude, super humble. You know, the dude fucks with Legos still. Like, he, he's a kid, you know. But he gets mean as shit on fight night. Like, super mean like just mean right and we're walking out and you got to think like dude his whole squad is is hispanic right like he's hispanic like Capetillo's boxing coach is hispanic hoyas more thai coaches hispanic hector vasquez you know they're all hispanic and here i am casper over here in the corner <laughs> <laughs> and so we're standing there and brandon you know brandon's got the bandana on he's you know sitting there looking you know doing this deal like they're all screaming to each other i can't understand a fucking word they're saying i can't understand shit they're saying and then i'm numero uno and like i was like oh so all i there was two cut there was two like my whole life is a cutaway since we started doing this podcast it was like it's kind of like family guy where my whole life is just the cutaway. The first cutaway was the, is the, the, the black kid that's sitting there is like, look, at, cause I felt so out of place. They're all, and I didn't do, I didn't know a single word they were saying. And then they started, they were just screaming. And then all of a sudden brands like, I, I, I am a numero uno. <laughs> and then the Floyd Mayweather interview where he's like, I don't know what you said, but I like that. I heard, I heard winner. I heard champion. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. I am numero uno. I don't know what you said, but I like that. Dude, the whole time they're fucking screaming, I didn't understand a damn word. I heard winner. I heard champion. I like that. I am numero uno. I know what that means. You're number one. Let's go, champ. Let's go. So I just started screaming. You see me like, I know there's, there's, a, there's a Facebook live video somewhere. Like they do the, uh, UFC does a thing called quick hits. And there's a Facebook live video of this thing, and I'm just standing there so out of place. My Casper-looking ass is so out. Of, I'm white as this T-shirt, just looking so out of place. <laughs> I hope it doesn't catch it because at some point they're screaming this, and I, <laughs> I'm oh, I, no. I I, I got Hispanic real quick, man. Those, those guys, they'll turn you into, they'll turn you into some mean Hispanics real quick. What's so. the name of that? Sh- is it the Thrill and the Agony? Yes. That's gonna be dope. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see that. I forgot about that. I, I had the bandana on. We had. I had the bandana on. They made us take the bandana off. It was stupid. Brandon's got approved. Ours didn't. I was ready to rock the Moreno bandana. Were you actually gonna wear one of those? out? What? Were you actually gonna wear one of those? out? You damn right I am. I, I have a. I have a picture right here. You're damn right I was gonna wear. Uh, the yeah, of course. Look at this. I mean, look at this stud. Look at this stud. I mean, I don't know. Richard mill and all let's go Richard mill the Brandon bandana I mean you can't miss we can't lose we can't lose anyway I thought I'd tell you that story to get into our recap uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the fights uh, we, we went over the, the 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 main card like obviously we saw the fights there's a new segment that I want to talk about uh we don't have a name for it yet so essentially what we're going to talk about is I want to talk about the guys that stocks went up, right? They're they're as a fighter their stocks went up or maybe down. This week I want to talk about uh I want to talk about three different fighters, okay? Uh Sergey Spivak. That's the first one. I got to be honest with you guys. I watched him fight uh I believe it was Carlos Felipe. I think he fought on the same night as me in Abu Dhabi. He fought in Abu Dhabi. Pull that up. It's Carlos Felipe. Yes. Carlos Felipe. Look on that, look at that card. I think I fought on that card. If this is the night that I fought, I'm pretty sure. I, I think they were the first fight of the night. Nope. I coached on that one. So that was uh Dawson fought on that. So Dawson fought on that. And I remember watching him and I was not impressed with him at all. Like I, I, I wasn't super impressed. He won, but I wasn't impressed with him. And I've kind of had like a sour taste in my mouth ever since. But I gotta be honest with you, he really impressed me uh this because I thought initially uh, Sakai would be a tougher matchup for him. I thought Sakai would be a, a, a tougher matchup for him with the striking, but Sergey Sergey's wrestling, good lord. He, I mean, he, I think he had like 7 takedowns or something in the first round. And I got to give a shout out to, to Shea on this one actually because he capped this fight and we talked about it and he said the speed uh in the stand up was going to be uh substantially uh Sergey would be substantially faster than Sakai. And I was like, ah I don't know if I and he was man that's he was so much faster and then obviously the wrestling played into part so the striking I was worried about Sakai outstriking uh, Spivak and Spivak's speed and he was outstriking him right like I mean he he took him down and then outstruck him but his takedowns were just effortless right like and then we're talking about like double overhook stuff that just doesn't normally work these little trips and he he would really impress me man his cardio for a big guy was there he's extremely agile uh I'm really excited to see. I'm really excited to see where this kid can go. I got to think that breaks him into the uh, into the top fifteen. I'm sure it does. Yeah. He just beat Sakai, who was who was 14. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fights that that I, I think he does well in. I mean, we were getting into some into. I think he beats Ivanov. Uh, he obviously just beat Sakai. I think Romanov's a tough fight for him. Tiberia, Tiberia, I could see him beating. Uh, Dakis, I can see him beating. And then when you get into that top nine with Strike, Volkov, Lewis, Aspinall, you know, those guys might give him some problems. But for me, overall, the stock of Sergey Spivak drastically, drastically, drastically uh, increased. We're on a bull run here. So I really think Spivak's uh, stock rose substantially over this last weekend. I thought he looked good, really good, against a, a, a guy that I consider a, a, a very good heavyweight. It's nice to see someone you know, completely working on their clear path to victory. Right. That. Well, that's, gosh, Especially dang. Especially when it's tactical, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, it, when, when there is a stylistic, you know, mismatch almost, it's beautiful when you see someone actually come out and just do exactly what they were meant to do to win the fight. Fight IQ, he doesn't He doesn't dance around it. He knows what he's good at. And I gotta be honest, I thought his striking looked much improved. I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked really, really good. So for me, we're on a bull run with Sergey Spivak. His stock substantially, uh, gain some value, uh, over overnight. So the second one I want to talk about, uh, the second guy on my, on my, my stock chart here, uh, Monday morning, the, the bell is off is I'm going to go with a Jamal Hill. I'm going to go Jamal here, Hill here. And I got to be honest with you. I, I, uh, I wasn't a big believer in Jamal Hill. uh, Pull him up really quick. Pull him up really quick. And I didn't have anything against him. I just thought he was kind of a, an athletic. I thought he was just a one-dimensional boxer, to be honest with you. And I I, I got to be completely honest with you. I, he really, really impressed me with a couple things. One, I love the fact that he saw some cage time. His cardio was, it wasn't like insane, but you're talking about, you know, these guys weigh 220, 225 pounds and they're fighting for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like high output fight and he, he really impressed me. His takedown defense isn't great. Like it's not bad. But where he really impressed me was his scrambling ability and his ability to get back up. I mean, when his butt hit the mat, he bounced back up. He was I mean, he was extremely athletic. He knows when to to reserve his energy, he knows when to explode. His hand speed is extremely fast and I want to talk about this little detail cuz this, I think, I don't think he gets enough credit for this, and I don't think anybody's gonna talk about this. But his ability to disengage combinations, if you notice this, when he when you fight somebody like Tiago Santos, somebody that's so dangerous, like they can end the fight like that, you can't take the risk of exchanging with that person. And you you saw, or we saw, a couple times where it was like where they start exchanging, and you're like, you know, like, Gonna win. And and he even took some big shots, which is another thing that I was impressed with. He took, Hill took some big shots. I like that. But he completely disengaged Santos's offense and reset the range and then made him fight at his range. So Santos would go, he would completely disengage, and then he would start back over and work back in and find his range with the jab. He's got a great jab, works really well off of it. Uh, his takedown defense is good but his scrambling ability is amazing especially at that weight class uh and then we saw that take a toll on Santos right we saw that take a toll on Santos he got tired and then Hill in the fourth round does what he does best and lands a big shot and he's beat some good guys man Crew is a very good prospect Walker is a super super dangerous guy uh Paul Craig obviously he's lost to Paul Craig I mean that Craig is he's a guy that can beat anybody on any given night, you know what I mean? Like it's just a, it's a tough one. And then obviously Jamal Hill beating Thiago Santos that goes into the title implications that we spoke about last week, that puts him kind of in that top 4, top 5 look to me, right? I mean, I don't want to say this, but the 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 logical next step for him would be either Blahovich or Ankalaev. And I think I like the I like the Blahovich fight for him. I really do. I think the Ankaliyev fight is very very difficult uh, for anybody. To be honest with you, I think that uh, he called out Blahovich. He wanted Blahovich, and I think that's a great call out. By the way, I think that's an amazing call out. Ankaliyev's wrestling, I think, is going to be too much for him. And uh, I, I, for me, I think Ankaliyev is a problem for any 205 fiver in the world. I got to be honest with you. I think he's the to me he's the clear cut number one guy in that division. Next to Rakic, who's going to be out for a little while, so while he's sitting, while he's sitting the bench uh, recovering his knee, to me, Ankalaev is 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 the best uh, 205 pounder on the planet, in my opinion, in my in my opinion. So, uh, I I I think I think Hill should shoot for Blahovich. I don't know if they're going to do Yuri Glover, but to me, there's Yuri Glover. Blahovich is sitting at clear cut number three. And is clear-cut number four. I mean, obviously, I think Ankalaev is better than him. I'm just talking about where the, where the pecking order goes. And then Jamal Hill now has inserted himself in the, in the five role, which I think you can match Blachowicz. I think you can match Kaliyev. And, and now puts himself in a spot where I think he's one win away from a title shot. I really do. I think if he beats any of those top four guys, I think he's, he's going to be obviously in the, in, the, uh, in the conversation. I mean, he just went from 10 and then beat the number six guy. Anthony Smith broke his ankle, so which we talked about that last week. We 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 were told there was no broken ankle. I was I was told differently. I was told there is a broken ankle, so I think he's going to be out for a little while. So if Anthony Smith is out, Rakic is out, that puts Yuri, Glover, Blahovich, and Clive, and then and then Hill with injuries. You could effectively say that Hill is now you know ranked yeah. honorary number three, number four. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the clear cut top five. So. Depending on what the UFC uh, decides to do with Yuri and Glover. Listen, I got to think, we talked about this last week. I said, I don't think that's going to happen. The fact that we haven't heard anything makes me think that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think that they're sitting on it trying to figure it out. I feel like we would have heard something if if it's not going to happen. I've, and I've kind of heard, I've heard through the grapevine that it is happening again. I'm with it. I'm with it. I, man, I would love for Glover to get the dub and walk away. That, I mean, the, there's, you don't. Uh, Jeff Molina commented on one of my posts the other day, and it, it made so much sense. He said, you won the game. Not many people can say that. And it's just, I don't know if I won the game or not, but if Glover wins the title and walks away, there's no question. You won the game. You know what I mean? Like, you won the game. So a lot of implications uh, on Jamal Hill. And then I just want to talk about the stock uh, decreasing. It's going down. We're in a little bit of bear run, and that's uh, Tiago Santos. And I don't, I don't mean this in a negative way, the guy just hasn't been the same since the knee surgeries and how he's 38 years old. Personally, if I'm managing Tiago Santos, this isn't a skill thing. Like there's, there's multiple paths. We've talked about this with the Sean O'Malley thing. There's multiple paths here and he's lost. Like he's lost five out of his last six. I personally think he needs to shift his, his focus. I think he needs to stop chasing the title and then start going after certain matchups. You know what I mean? Like you it dude, you can do that. Like just because you can still be in the UFC. There's a place for these older guys that don't that can't keep up with the younger kids anymore. There's a place for those guys. Like l- if we look at the pull up the division, uh there's there's guys for him. Like dude, I don't even care about the top 15. Like the the top 15 for me is I know he's there, but he just lost he just lost to the the number 10 guy, so I got to think he's going to drop substantially, right? But dude, find some good matchups. Who 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 else is 38 in that division? You know what I mean like the I don't know the the uh, somebody like I I don't have a good example at the top of my head but like dude, honestly, if he wasn't the number 1 guy, like Glover would be a great a great fight for him, right? But go a different path now. You don't have to chase the title. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a title chase all the time. You can go after different matchups and find yourself in a good spot where you can still maintain a spot, still make money, still, you know, because he's still good. He's still really good. His stock is just dropping for the title challenger is what I mean. Like, and I don't, I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but for me, his stock has dropped substantially. If we're talking about him in the title picture, like we have, we have, we have Glover, we have Blahovich, we have Ankoliyev, we have Rackets, we have Smith. All these guys are super, super tough fights for him now. They're all like, they're younger like, he's had two two knee surgeries. He's 38 years old. He just hasn't been the same, and there's nothing wrong with that. In my opinion, I think he just needs to change his approach to how he's how he's being in the UFC. That That's just my opinion. I could be stupid. I could be wrong. And he may come back and win a world title. But I personally think, I, and, and if you're going to stay in the UFC at 38 years old, he needs to switch how he is approaching the game. I think he needs to take the Sean O'Malley approach. Obviously, I don't mean, like, the exact thing, but, like, uh there there are guys like uh like like Matt Brown. Matt Brown just fought uh like Barbarina not too long ago and then Barbarina just fought Lawler. That like Lawler. Lawler's doing it good. Lawler's doing a good job. You know what I mean? Like he's not fought Nick Diaz before that. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like you could go after the novelty. They're novelty fights. It's a refreshing way to kinda of look at it without kind of yes. putting them in with the twenty five year old guys that are So imagine it like this. If you're if you're I'm a huge fan, and I don't know why they didn't do this. I wish they would have kept it, and everybody thinks it's stupid. I think they should keep the BMF title. I really do. And and if imagine if the BMF title was a real thing in each weight class. That's the title he should chase. You know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily the best guy in the world, but maybe it's the most entertaining. Because, dude, you could put him in some entertaining, entertaining fights. I, th- I think it's very, very—it's WWE— crap i think i I think i don't know yeah maybe maybe you're right and maybe you know well listen get rid of the belt don't don't mind the belt don't mind the belt it's it's the idea of what you're chasing you know what i mean like chase these the the bmf title is a novelty title it's not a real title you know what i mean like there's no legitimacy to it you're just putting a label on like two guys that everybody really likes that aren't good enough to be in you know what i mean like i'm with that though like there's a place for these guys man there's a there's a it's like hey we have the really good guys over here. And then like, these are the fights that I want to see. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want to see. And Tiago Santos fits that bill. I personally think he needs to go the BMF route. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care about the title. That's not what I want to go after the novelty fights. And I don't like, you can't just pull up the whole entire uh, division at the moment, but there are fights for him in that division that I think make a lot of sense. They're fun and people want to watch them. Right. That's where I think he should go. So, uh, I guess to summarize our our new stock chart, Jamal Hill value has shot up immensely. Uh, I, I think he's I think he's on a a serious a serious bull bull run right now. Um, who's the other one? Spivak. His value shot up immensely. He's in the in the top fifteen now, uh, doing great things. Maybe even in the top ten depending on where they put him. And I, I think there's uh I think there's a lot of value there for him. And then obviously the the bear run for for Tiago Santos. I think he needs to switch directions. And uh I think he needs to go after some novelty fights. Yeah, smarter fights. That's that's the that's where I think he needs to where I think he needs to go. If you like what we're doing, make sure you comment, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also join the Discord if you want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing. Just click the link in the description below.